0: Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Now, before we get into today's topic, I wanted to share my free resource with you. Tasha's toolbox and strategy kit includes 30 tools for creative and strategic content on Instagram, including my best tips, strategies, practices, all for growing on Instagram. Download the freebie at soulstudiomarketing.com slash toolbox, or I've linked it in the show notes for you. Now let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, I have a super special guest. She's actually my coach, my mentor. She has been the person that I've invested in this year to really help Soul Studio get to this next level. And when I tell you it is the best investment I've ever made, I truly mean it. I really wanted someone that was purpose driven, that had a bright brand, that really has accomplished and implements a lot of the things I want to implement. So that's why I know you will absolutely love her and we'll get into this purpose-driven conversation on how to find your purpose in your life and in your business. And her story on how she's grown her business to where it is today is a pretty crazy one. So fasten your seatbelts and let's get right into this conversation with my very own coach, Quinn. Okay. So I am so excited to have you on today for the podcast. Um, You've been just a huge mentor and really have influenced my growth with Soul Studio and created such an amazing community that I've been blessed to be a part of. So I'm so excited to share your story with everyone today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat.
0: So I want to hop into how you went from being super burnt out to starting your business, essentially. That's kind of how that trajectory went, and it was kind of an untraditional story, path, which I really love. So do you want to kind of fill everyone in on how that kind of evolved?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I dreamed of always growing up and becoming an actress, so really that was my goal. I went to college for it, moved to L.A., thinking this was going to be where I stayed after school to do the thing. And pretty quickly after school ended, I realized, you know, I don't really want to do this professionally. I love doing it. I love being on stage. You know, I was good at it, but I just had no inclination to waitress or to feel so unstable in my finances. And so I decided I'm just going to take this part-time job. The first thing that really came my way. And if I decide to want to act I'll do it, but I didn't really feel like I was going to pursue it. So I took a job at this event marketing agency, and I really just got thrown right into everything, which in one sense was awesome because I learned everything to do with events, production, marketing, all of this stuff that I would have never known, you know, being in art school. And I got thrown into it all. But I think the second side of it, which led me to burn out really badly, like you said, was we were working all the time. It was a little bit crazy. Like a lot of our clients were in the alcohol industry. So we would be at these late night parties. I worked at Playboy Mansion, which I never thought I'd do. And it was just this wild environment that made me kind of lose sight of what I wanted, which, you know, I didn't know what I want because I felt like I wanted to be an actress for so long and then that got taken away and then I just really had no direction or a sense of purpose. So I ended up burning out badly physically, ending up in the hospital for a few days and I just look back at that time and I didn't even, that didn't even wake me up. You know, you think three or four days in the hospital, very, very sick would somehow spark something into me to say, I need to change what I'm doing because it's not working. But that didn't do it. So I went right back to work like a couple days later. I remember we like went up to Vegas for this event and I was drinking and it was just like so, so, so bad. And I think now reflecting on it, it was really just I had a lack of boundaries. You know, like I didn't know where my job ended and where i began and i had no sense of overarching purpose or direction that would guide me to a healthier life and a healthier career and it didn't really wake me up until one day i was biking and i just happened to take the curb the wrong way like if you bike you need to like go up perpendicular you can't go parallel to the curb or you're going to eat it and i ate it really badly (laughs) i just smacked my shin And I remember the craziest thing was that I didn't feel anything. Like I didn't feel pain. I didn't feel adrenaline. Like, yes, I had blood going down my leg, but I just felt empty. And that more than anything else was what woke me up. And so that moment was really the the highlight of me deciding I need to change things. I can't keep doing what I'm doing or i'm going to become nothing you know i was scared of just losing myself completely and so that moment was when i decided you know i need to move i need to leave la i need to quit my job and honestly i just had to give up on everything i had tried to build and i had to start over so i moved back to phoenix moved back in with my parents which is something no 24 year old wants to do And then I decided I'm going to start and try to create my own business. And that was like eight, nine years later um, that now here I am. So um, I think really I just fell into entrepreneurship because I was such a bad employee, like not in terms of how like my performance, like I was a good worker, but I just had no boundaries. I had no sense of self and I just needed to try something different. And it worked out and now I really feel purposeful. I feel like I have a direction. I feel empowered. And now I'm creating everything I create in my business is to help other people not fall into that same trap and to really create their purpose.
0: Yes, which you do so, so well. And I think you made a really great point on it's sometimes not about like hating your nine to five or hating that career. It's often the freedom to kind of discover yourself and truly move into your purpose with entrepreneurship, which I know has definitely been something that I've really loved about being an entrepreneur. Um, I also know we both love yoga and that has kind of been a part of how you started to build your business during that time and how you got out of that dark place. So how has yoga really helped build your business and made you a better entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, well, yoga was the only thing that made me feel something again during that kind of dark time. And so when I moved back to Phoenix, that was the only thing I was curious about. So I tried out almost every studio in town. And then I just said to myself, why don't I just enroll in a yoga teacher training? because I just had no idea of the direction I wanted to go. I thought maybe I could teach yoga. That sounds really great. Sounds like something I'd actually like. And it's healthy, you know, versus like partying till 4 a.m. at the Playboy Mansion kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so I, yeah, I found the studio and they had a year long teacher training program, which was pretty unique. Wow. Like I just, yeah, I had never really seen something that intensive, but I figured I, I have enough saved up from my job let me use that to really reset and to ask myself some hard questions to take care of myself physically because that was, that was a big thing was I physically had no energy because of my hospitalization and burnout and everything. And so I spent that year learning about yoga, which was way more than just yoga poses, as you know. And I think really thinking about it now, yoga has just helped me become more aware of my behaviors, my habits, what triggers me what ways I hold myself back because yoga is really all about mindfulness. It's about becoming more of an observer of who you are at your core. And that year was transformative. You know, like we, when do we get the opportunity to sit down and ask ourselves, what do we want to do in our life? Like, what impact do we want to make? What lights me up? What do I want to do to help other people feel this way? And that year really rooted me in that foundation and then also gave me some freedom to just try out working with clients. You know, I got my first client at a coffee shop just by giving him a pen. And like by the end of that year in that training, I had like three or four clients, not anything even part-time, but enough to give me the confidence to say, hey, maybe I should just pursue this whole entrepreneurship thing.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And the mindfulness thing is spot on. I actually finally got yoga, as I say, um, when I started my business. It was actually the same exact month. And it has just made me so much more aware of like, what do I need? Like, how am I feeling? How can I recenter and really ask myself those deep questions? Um, That's like my favorite part of the class where whatever whatever the teacher wants to talk about and they're reflecting about it. And it really does make you just sit and be with yourself, which I think is often something entrepreneurship even does naturally. Um, Oh, yes. So I love how that was a part of your journey. And then I know a big client breakup was one of the biggest pivots in your journey. And I've had client breakups myself. They're not fun. But they often do get you to that next level where you can kind of, you know, go deeper into your purpose. I'm sure we'll be saying purpose only 10 million times today, (laughs) but uh, right. Yeah. (laughs) But I would love to kind of hear like, how was that client breakup actually something that was really good for you and your brand?
1: Yeah. So it was actually less of a breakup and more of me dumping them, (laughs) Yeah. Um, but not in a bad way. Like it was actually a really great client. So I, in the first like year and a half, two years in my business, um, I got approached by this, like kind of a mutual friend that I knew and they were aware of my marketing and design background and just said, Hey, we just need some, a few hours a week of help with this agency that we have. And so they were a marketing agency focusing on content marketing. And so it was perfect for me when I was starting my business because it gave me stability in terms of finances. Um, Which is huge, you know, as an entrepreneur to know like what amount of money you're going to be making every month. And so I took them on as a retainer client, which was great because I had the stability of that. And yet I had a lot of creative, fun projects of design and working with entrepreneurs who at the time I wasn't calling it purpose, but like I felt like they had a deeper meaning behind their business. Um, And in that agency, I ended up getting like all the skills that I now use and, and known for, you know, they were a digital marketing company. So I ended up being able to speak for them around the country, teaching content marketing workshops, and really understanding how to implement holistic internet strategies that were rooted in a strong message. So after five years, though, I kind of got to this point where I was speaking for them all the time. I was representing them as their director of marketing. You know, I had a job title, even though they were a client. So it was a little interesting. Um, So I really got to this decision tree of like, do I just really commit myself to this role? Do I really become the director of marketing and step into that and really build my brand as a content marketing expert in the digital field? Or B, do I create something of my own? You know, do I leave completely? Do I come up with my own idea? And do I just start over again? And I have just always been an entrepreneurial spirit, as I'm sure you have. And it was an easy decision. I mean, it wasn't easy, but it was. You know, like I knew where I was going to go, but it took a while to get there. So I decided... I'm going to go and create my own things. I've learned so much. I'm going to use all the skills that I've gained from this client and build my own idea. And at the time when I left the client, it took me probably like six months from me deciding to leave to actually leaving so that I could do it in a way that didn't feel scary and was Mm -hmm. sustainable. Um, But at the time I actually left, I had no idea what that idea was going to be. <laughs> I had no idea of the idea. And I let myself just not make any decisions for a while, not not pursue anything specific, just kind of stay open and curious to what my next move would be. And it probably took me a good year of just trying things out, putting myself out there on Instagram, like you do so well, Just like getting feedback on these general ideas I had. And then I remember sitting on a plane, and I was just like doing some like free-flow writing. I was watching a video, drinking some wine, which is always a great way to like loosen up your brain, right? And all of a sudden, I like wrote and I still have the note from it. Like, we don't find our purpose, we create it. And I was like, oh, that's great. (laughs) And so Create your purpose, this like core idea that we could be proactive and intentional about what we create in our lives, and especially as entrepreneurs in our businesses, became this really cool, encompassing idea that I wanted to pursue. I still had no idea like what format that would take, but just the crux of that decision to leave that client led me on this journey of following my curiosity and really coming up with an idea that now i see to be the future of my entire business for the next 5 10 i don't know how many years and that's exciting although it was a it was a winding journey <laughs>
0: mm, definitely i think you touched on a lot of great points on like i think you always see people saying like you need to niche down you need to niche down like you need to do it immediately but i think often just like freeing the space to find your niche instead of like forcing yourself to like find out what your real purpose is and like, where you're actually supposed to be like putting your energy. I feel like it's often the better way because that was often me. Like, I think when you have a digital marketing background, it definitely lends to this, but I was like, I want to do websites and emails and blogs and social media, every platform. Like I wanted to do all these things in my business, but the more I kind of tested things out, I was like, actually Instagram is my jam. I don't need to do everything to be successful in my business. So I feel like your niche often comes naturally. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I know the whole niche thing is like sexy right now. Um, The way I like to teach about marketing and intentional messaging is less about the format of the message and more about the reason behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's really why I talk about purpose and the overarching why that drives everything that you do. And I think a lot of people get confused with purpose of like, I... I design websites for blah, blah, blah. And that's like a mission statement. That's not a why. Like, why do you design websites? Why do you help people with Instagram? Like, why is that something you're so drawn to do? And I think that's the more interesting question, is not what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And the clearer you can get on that drive, that overarching why, why? the more you can have fun with how that why translates through your work. So, you know, for me, I've decided not found I've decided my purpose is to help people bring their ideas to life. And that's an over that's an encompassing purpose for my life and my work. Mm -hmm. And so now I get to look at all of the different expressions of that purpose. So for a long time, I did web design, I did branding, I did digital strategy, because those were the vehicles to help people bring their ideas to life online. Mm -hmm. I've also volunteered at a homeless shelter for five years, where every week I worked with children to do art therapy techniques to help them express themselves creatively. Mm -hmm. And so I see that as another expression of my purpose. And so I think People get so stuck in like the formats and the nitty gritty and like what it's going to be at the end of the day and the result. And I think it's more freeing to say, why am I doing what I'm, why, what is my why? And then how can I translate that and bring that to life in so many cool ways? And that's going to change throughout the course of your business, throughout the course of your life. It's going to get expressed in different ways. And I just think that's super fun because then you can just be intentional about what you're doing, um, but the why is consistent. And I think that frees up a lot of people from getting stuck in like the what you know, does that make
0: sense? Yes, completely makes sense. And from being a part of your community, it was a lot of fun to go through all those exercises. And I love how you went from it as a more holistic view, like you're not your business. Like in a lot of senses, you have to take care of yourself because you are the person running your business. But like, there's so many more things that come along with it. Like we are both, you know, very passionate about health and wellness and fitness and spending time with our loved ones. And, travel and all those different other things that make us who we are essentially and help us have our purpose really shine mm-hmm. versus just, I want to do this in my business. And this is my purpose in my business, but it's really more than that, which I really enjoyed learning from you. And um, even with my purpose statement, um, mine, little rusty, you've got yours down, but yeah. um, empowering people to shine is uh-huh. really my purpose statement. And That does come out in a lot of different ways. It's not just through my business, but even when we kind of delve deeper on things like community, you know, this podcast essentially is me bringing the amazing women that, you know, build that community for me and help support me and inspire me, um, you know, but also making it into a format where I can empower other people, you know, it's a business example, but I really loved all those exercises that we did. And I think it's something that everyone should do to really find purpose in their lives and, you know, essentially their businesses as well. Um, do you have a favorite exercise that you've given the community that you think like if one? If they have to do one thing to find their purpose, like the people listening, they could do this one thing? I know that's hard. Gosh,
1: yeah, because it, it's such a system, yes. um, but, but I think there's just a maybe a few questions that you can ask yourself um, to at least like get started and to begin down this road, and I think maybe the first one is, you know, like what impact do I want to make in the world? And maybe another one is, who do I want to serve? Because we're all serving someone or something or an animal, maybe, you know, (laughs) like, we're all trying to make a difference in some way, especially if you're purpose driven. And so I think you want to know, well, what impact do you want to make? Who do you want to serve? And then ask the question, why? Like, why, why do I feel that way? And I think you'll get at a overarching drive that you may not have tapped into before. So for instance, like my overarching drive is empowerment. And I think it might be yours as well, is like everything we do is to empower other people. Whereas I work with other people, actually was having a conversation this week up at a little retreat with a woman entrepreneur. And I asked her, I was like, what's one word that you could distill for your overarching drive? And she thought about it and I love this word. She said, liberation. Like she helps women with eating disorders reclaim their power and she was able to really distill it down to liberation. Um, And I think that's just an interesting exercise is like, what is my word? And then what is the impact I want to make and who do I want to serve? And from there, I think you get like a nice little constellation of data points that will then inform what you and I have created, which is our purpose power phrase, which is kind of like this mantra that connects all of the things that we do. It's very broad, it's very resonant, and it's very personal. And I think the goal is to come up with something like that so that you can connect all the dots between everything that you do and be intentional about the dots that you start to lay moving forward.
0: Definitely. And I think especially as creative people, it's really important to have something to reference when you're making decisions and you have ideas and you're kind of reflecting on your routines and your life and your environment to make kind of like vet those different elements. Like, is this actually making my purpose come to life? Um, What is your process when you get a really amazing idea how do you kind of vet it between like, this is really fun and exciting versus like, this actually makes my purpose come to life?
1: Right? Yeah. Well, I think it's looking at opportunities through the lens of your purpose, like you said. And so oftentimes I'll get an opportunity come my way. I'm like, does this help me move towards my purpose? Or is it not? Is it not? And I also think like some of the knots are okay. Like for example, Like you might just need to pay the frickin' bill bills. Like, you know, like you need to take on a project in your business that isn't perfectly aligned with your purpose, but it's going to fund you doing the things that you love more and more. So like, I'm never one to say like, turn down the, the stuff that doesn't perfectly align. Like, no, take it and like, soak up, soak it up for all it's worth so that you can move on. Um, so I think you just have to kind of take an inventory of your present and say, you know, I like to do mind mapping where you kind of like spill your brain out with circles and drawings and doodles like onto a piece of paper, because that really helps you see objectively what's going on in your life and in your mind. And so like, see what you have going on. Look at the job, look at the friendships, look at the passion projects that you have and say, what is serving my purpose and what is not and if you don't even have clarity on the purpose yet just say what really fills me up and what does not mm-hmm. and i think that's just a good way to see what is aligned and what is not and then you can create an action plan to move forward you know but until you have that clarity you're you're never really going to know what's going to help and what's going to hurt
0: Absolutely. I think you hit it on the head where it's like, it's not just one question. It is these series of questions and reflections to really go back on. And I remember one of the most helpful things you've helped me with is when I was kind of looking at my purpose, I was looking at all the buckets I had going on. And I was like, of all the things, they're really great. But one on ones is the most draining by far. And especially in a season where I was, you know, getting into adrenal fatigue i was really drained and i had to be like okay what has to go it was like instant i was like well that has to go it's it's almost obvious once you like really connect with your purpose
1: but i think that's such a good point natasha cuz like that was such an easy decision for you And I think like the clearer you get on your purpose, the more, you know, which opportunities in line and not, it is so easy to just say, this isn't working anymore. Goodbye. Or I need to welcome this into my life and into my work. And I think like, that's a big reason I've gone into this more than just digital marketing is because I see so many entrepreneurs get stuck in decision-making It's because they have nothing to anchor their choice with, right? You had your purpose, you had reflected, you had decided what you wanted to do. And then you looked very easily and said, what's not serving that? And it was like a five minute conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But you had to go through that inner work and that inner dialogue to become aware of the things that were holding you back. And that, that was an easy win. Mm,
0: Definitely. It really was. Um, one question I get a lot on Instagram and maybe you do too, is how do I, do I have one Instagram? Do I have two Instagrams? Am I a business? Am I a personal brand? And I think you're a great example of a personal brand. So how did you kind of shift from being like a business per se to being the personal brand that you are today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a long journey. So I had a company name for a long time. It was called Suka Creative. Um, And that was when I was like, just starting out, I wasn't comfortable with my, my, myself putting myself out there. I also thought I was going to create an agency because to be honest, that's all I knew. Like Mm -hmm. that's the format I knew for this type of work. I didn't know you could just be yourself and make money and like create cool things, you know? And so I started out that way. And then about like, two, three years into my business, I realized, you know what, people aren't hiring me for this brand name. Like I don't even like, I didn't create a brand. I just plopped a name on this business, right. Just to make it official. And so I was like, you know, I just need to get some like photos taken of me, um, just to build up who I am because people were hiring me for me. And so I think that photo shoot, I think it was like four years ago now in summer, it was really hot here in Phoenix. And it was like the first time when I got those photos back where I saw like, I I can do this. Like I can put myself out there. I can use my own voice and people will resonate with it. And so I decided at that point, I'm going to kind of rebrand or brand at all because I really didn't have a brand and just go with my name. So I changed my website to that. I created, I changed my Instagram from private to public. Um, and then even it took me a couple years after that to really lean into my personal brand to do, you know, to treat myself like a client and to say, what are my unique differentiators and how can I bake all the things that make me up, make up who I am as a person, but curate that as a brand that will deliver this message of empowerment and purpose. And, um, I think it's been the most freeing thing that I could ever do. And I, I think you mentioned this at the beginning, but I feel like entrepreneurship can be such a vehicle for personal expression and for mm-hmm. self-development and just evolution of who you are as a human. And that's a big reason why I created Create Your Purpose because I see entrepreneurship as one of the most powerful vehicles to really get to know yourself and to craft yourself and to create who you want to be in the world. And yeah, so moving from a company name to a personal brand was a long journey, but I think Instagram was a really big place for me to test ideas out, to throw things out there, to see what I got back and to really build the confidence in my message, not just as a marketing expert, but as someone who could help people uncover their core message and then learn to bring that to life through their business.
0: Mm, Definitely. And I think you touched on a lot of really great points on kind of why you are a personal brand and how that made sense for how you were evolving. Because you do speaking, you do all these other things as well, along with helping clients and, you know, managing the community and all those different types of things. How do you manage all of those different buckets as well from, you know, your brand essentially?
1: Oh yeah, I, uh, there's so much uh, that is going on, but I have tried to simplify it as much as possible, um, and just ask myself like, where am I the most? Where can I provide the highest contribution of value in my business, and where can I step out where I'm not needed? And that's hard when it's your baby and when it's your thing. Um, But, you know, like I have a a very part-time assistant who helps me schedule some of my social media. She schedules my emails, you know, things that are just a little bit that they're just very helpful, but like I shouldn't be doing it. And that's hard to say, like, how can you become the CEO of your own business, Um, regardless of how many resources you have or not? I think you just have to decide where, where your time is best well spent but my, my secret um, to really managing everything is using my project management tool. And I know that's not a sexy topic, but like it saves my sanity and my mm-hmm. whole brain lives within it. So I use a tool called Asana. Um, I love it. I just have the free version. I've never felt the need to upgrade But that is one way that I've been able to move the needle in both my life and my business and in creating my purpose is just making sure my whole brain and everything I want to do is in my task management system so that I don't lose track of my ideas.
0: Mm, That is so important. And I think Asana is such a great tool for that. And whenever people ask me, how do you do all the things? How do you create all the content? And I'm like, it is all in one place. And that is the only way that it happens (laughs) because I think I remember I used to store everything in my head like a crazy person. But once you find a system and a process for like, putting your ideas and your tasks and your projects into, you know, whatever project management system you have, I think having it digitally is really nice because you can have it with you all the time, even though I love pen and paper as well. But I think that's how people do it all is you have a system for managing it all. Um, It isn't sexy, but I think it's really fun once you find out how you can use all the things. I know you remember mentioning that like this year was the first year that like Asana, you like got it all down pat and it's a part of your routine right
1: yeah oh yeah like as soon as I think of something it goes in a and yep. I sign a deadline like not that I will do it by then but like if it's an idea I want to start thinking about or working on I'll put it like two months out from now and then it will automatically remind me and I can decide okay is this time to work on it or do I need to push it out And I think like for anyone, regardless of what tool you're like, I don't recommend a specific tool. Asana works for how my brain works. So I think anyone should like test as many as possible to figure out their tool. Um, Because really you want to A, get things out of your head because it's taking up too much mental energy and space, just like you mentioned. And then B, you want to think about how can you, how can you in the moment set your future self up for success? You know, because like the more that we can kind of defer and like serve our future self, the more we can make better decisions in the moment. And I think you know, like I can bring up the example of social media. You should never really be asking, like, what should I post today on Instagram? Like, you know that, and you're, you know, do this for your clients. But so many people do that: a for social media, but b for their life and their business in general. Like, what should I be working on today? Like, you should never be asking that. You should be asking that three days ago. Like, what should I be working on on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? So that you can really set up yourself up for success. The more you make in the moment decisions, the more you deplete your energy and the less you will get done. So Mm. if you can just create planning habits and sessions to really set your future self up for success, the better you're going to be in the long run.
0: Oh, yes. I completely agree with that. I love putting dates on things. Like you said, even if you don't have to have it done by that day, Um, I use things specifically. It's literally called things. It's not things. It's it's really hard to talk about because then I say things, (laughs) things. But um, that's what I use for managing my tasks. And it has a tab just for today. um, So I can look at everything for today. I can look at everything upcoming and I add dates to everything. And if I don't want to do it that day, I just move it to the next day. Like It's really just adjusting and planning things but if you're just looking at a massive list of potential projects and tasks to do for your clients it is always going to overwhelm you when you're kind of deciding, what should I do now? Like, it's just always going to be overwhelming. So I think those are really great tips for planning. Yeah. Um, one thing that you're amazing at is speaking, your speaking event. Oh. I think that's so exciting. Yeah. And that's something that has really been a really fun part of my business as well and something that I'm growing. Um, it's been very intuitional for me, but I'm curious, do you have a process on how you've been able to land more speaking gigs and you've been able to you know travel around the world for it and really have that be a big part of your brand as well.
1: Yeah. It's funny you ask. Cause I just got back from this little retreat and we were going around a group of us saying like, what do we want to be held accountable for in 2020? And one of my things was just being able to, I want to like outreach more intentionally to get more paid speaking gigs. Cause honestly, Uh, I don't do a lot of outreach. Like I don't do a lot of intentional. I kind of just take what comes to me. And that's Mm -hmm. through my experience speaking with my old client. I have a deal with a conference series where I pick my cities. They cover my expenses. I don't get paid, but I get in front of a lot of people. And that's how I get my paid speaking gigs. But a lot of that is within the digital marketing realm. And I'd like to start pivoting to more purpose discussions, motivational speaking Um, And so that's one of my goals for 2020. Uh, But really, it just started because my client, the big client, the CEO said, I think you'd be really great at this. He knew I had an acting background. And I kind of ran with it. And I love it. I think it's such an important thing for people to at least try or start thinking about. Because the trust factor that you get from being in front of people, whether it's online or in person, is like no other. You can create 20 blogs and you'll never get as much value out of just being in front of people and put, like stringing words coherently together. Like it's a magical skill that yes. a lot of people value. And it has done wonders for me for building my personal brand, for becoming known as an expert and someone who's an authority on things um, and just building up my thought leadership within the space. So I love speaking and it's definitely going to become a bigger part of my business versus just letting things come my way. I'm going to actually make more of an intentional effort in 2020.
0: Definitely. That's definitely a go for me as well as it has come naturally. And I think that comes with for both of us is really positioning ourselves as thought leaders in what we know really well, I think really helps. Um, And just being approachable, um, having fun, and networking, I think also really helps for kind of us getting those, you know, more very kind of lucky opportunities, like us not really necessarily looking for them, which I think is really great. But I think you can also be super intentional with it where you do craft really amazing pitches and you kind of lean more into things that you want to talk about, for example, is more purpose driven, instead of maybe Instagram or other digital marketing and all that type of stuff. So I think that's really exciting for you. it's,
1: It's a rife opportunity for women right now. I will tell you that I've been speaking for many years and I have been at conferences where I was the only woman Mm -hmm. on stage and it's, you know, and I'm in the, I was speaking in the tech space, so that was a little bit more normal, but Mm -hmm. conference organizers are now really making an effort to make a more inclusive in all means speaking roster. And so there are a lot of opportunities for people who haven't gotten them historically, and that's a benefit to all of us.
0: Definitely. And it it really does make you so much more confident. It's really scary when you do it the first time. Um, I think the before is often the scariest part for people. I know that's the scariest part for me, but once you're on that stage and you do kind of, you know, string your words together, have your presentation and like hear feedback, like live feedback from people in person, it's kind of an invaluable experience. I think is that there's really nothing like it in your business. So I I completely agree. You're
1: always going to judge your yourself harsher yep. than other people do <laughs> like uh, trust me just put yourself <laughs> in the audience issues like th- you're on stage you're yeah. the expert like they're listening to you they're not sitting there thinking oh she fumbled her word she's okay. not smart like like you don't do that for people on stage and people don't do that for you and if they do who cares
0: <laughs> absolutely I completely agree with that Um, one thing is, I know you love Instagram stories just as much as I do. Um, so what is like your best tips for really getting engaging stories and kind of how you found your rhythm with stories? Cause I know it can be kind of one of the scarier parts of Instagram, but I think more and more it's becoming one of the most important parts of Instagram.
1: Oh, like invaluable parts of Instagram. It's my favorite part as well. I think uh, one story used to take me two to three hours to put together in the beginning, especially like I wasn't used to holding my phone up and talking at it, you know? And now it's a very, very normal thing. Uh, (laughs) I think, and I teach on Instagram stories, I get hired to speak on it. And my biggest tip is to think of it less like a long continuous feature film and to approach your stories like, a PowerPoint presentation or, you know, like a slide deck. Uh, The segments, the individual stories within it should feel engaging and that there should be a common thread and a narrative that's built over the, all of the segments that make up your story. And I just see a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, they just talk at the camera for like, 20 segments and there's not really any point to it. Mm -hmm. And absolutely there's a time for that. Um, But I also think you can do that on IGTV or like the feed. Um, I've found the best success for myself and my clients when you change up the formats a lot. So there's a photo, there's a video, there's a boomerang um, and you integrate interactivity. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest differentiation with stories over any part of the platform or any other social media platform is the direct interaction that you can have with your audience and with stickers, with polls, with all of that stuff. And you can learn so much about them and also what they want from you. So I'd say my biggest tips is like mix up the formats know what your thesis is and make sure it's threaded throughout the narrative of your story and also use interactivity.
0: Yes, I completely agree with all of that. I mean, it's so powerful that you can post a story and be completely in a direct message with someone if they swipe up and want to reply to it. I think that's why stories can be so powerful. And I agree with Changing things up, I remember someone was, you know, talking about my stories. They're like, I love how you actually tell a story in your stories, and yeah. I think that's the really important part of it. They're called stories, so we should use them. What that a way, novel right? idea! <laughs> but it really does make sense is having an intro, having the middle good stuff, and then having an ending, like a conclusion, yeah. a call to action, like ending it off and not just like. It just kind of drifts off into thin air. Yeah. Um, I think being like intentional, but also intuitional, like it can be a balance. It doesn't have to be super planned, but I do think you do have to have some type of formula, I guess, to it. That would be the way I'd explain
1: it. Yeah. Well, and I, I like to tell my clients that I do strategies for is that not all of them need to be that perfect curated story with the beginning, middle, and the end. Like there should be certain strategic stories that are like that. But then fill in the rest with the in the moment, day in the life type of stuff that you don't need to plan out. You It just needs to be a little bit more raw. But then bring in that rawness, bring in that spontaneity into the curated stories as well. Like you can create a story in advance that still feels like it's in the moment. I don't know why people think you can't do that. It, it's beyond me. <laughs> um, but a lot of people are like, oh, people are going to know if I did it a day before. I'm like, Nope. No, a they won't, and b who cares? Yeah. Like you're being strategic <laughs> about your business and you're yep. planning it ahead. Yet you can still build in a sense of this. This feels fresh. This feels raw. This feels in the moment. You know, not that you have to do it right then. Yep. Um. So I think there's a lot of ways I've seen people and business owners holding themselves back on stories, or just using it in a way that's not effective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree with that. Is that you don't always have to do things in the moment, that planning things can be really fun, but it also can be fun to do things in the moment. Like whenever I'm doing event coverage, I almost always save them to my phone so I can like really recap it and and think about it. And you can actually live in the moment and enjoy things, you know? Mm
1: I agree. I do that too. I have like day in the life content that's just raw and I don't plan. And then I have like promotional content to drive people to do something. And those are more curated. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have more like specific recurring series. Like I have this tip Tuesday series. I love that one. Yeah. People look forward to it. Um, And regularly scheduled programming on stories really works. So uh, you want to have a mix of all of it, but be strategic and curate it and make sure that every time you post a story, it fits to your purpose and your message. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only last thing that I'd say is I still see businesses or, and this is mainly like entrepreneurs who have a brand, but it's like kind of their personal life, but kind of their work. Um, and you just have to make sure it's curated and that it's intentional. Like I share things about my life on my Instagram, but not everything. I share the things that are related to my goals. And I still see a lot of entrepreneurs blurring the lines or there, there is no boundary and it Mm -hmm. doesn't serve them in their, in what they're trying to do
0: definitely i can i agree with that there has to be things that you intentionally are showing it's okay to be personal and vulnerable in some senses but you have to be making connections with your you know ideal people and not just doing it because vulnerable you know posts are in right now it has to be with a purpose definitely yeah, i agree you can,
1: like i can spot the fake vulnerable yes. one a mile away yes. i'm like, come on, like and everyone can yeah like when did we become this culture where we have to like perform authenticity like yeah, I don't know no. it's not my thing I'm like I I'm I'm not going to show up like and do certain things on my Instagram um, just to be that way, you know, I don't know. It's just a fascinating topic right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, and also kind of how you have this stories tip series, which I love. And you also have your postcard email series, which is really fun. It's something that I always look forward to, which I'm sure everyone else does. And I know it's something that's very much a part of your routine. And it's a ritual for you. But I think email marketing, people are often like, what would I even send a list? What would I send people? So what are kind of like the best type of email content ideas Mm -hmm. that you would recommend for someone that knows email marketing is really important, but they don't know how to find their own pizzazz with it?
1: Yeah, well, honestly, I think the best emails provide intimate value. Um, And I think you really need to distill what it is you want to share um, regardless of its email or content or stories or whatever is like first, like what is your message? And then how can you provide the most value to people by delivering that message in different formats? So in terms of email, I mean, there's a few things that are successful. Like a newsletter is always great. Um, usually that will go out to your whole list versus being segmented. And that will just be an update on like, what your business is doing. Did you publish blog posts this month? It's kind of like a curated collection of your your highlights. And that's just a good way to kind of stay on top of mind and top of inbox uh, with your audience. I also like to look at more intimate things that just live in, your, in people's inbox. Like it's not a blog post that you're driving them to on your website. Mm-hmm. It's not a promotional thing you're driving people to to sign up it's something more of value that gets delivered consistently and it feels a little bit more personal. And I don't want like certain businesses listening to think, Oh, it has to be personal as in like, like, like an individual story, but it does need to have a sense of like, there's an intimate exclusive value that's being delivered to you right mm-hmm. in your inbox. So I have my series postcards on purpose and that is an intimate story, but I have other clients where they'll share like, um, a certain insight or a certain tip, um, every single week. Um, and so it really just depends on like what your message is, but I, the best thing about email is you need to be consistent. So it can't just be once every three months. It needs to be once a month or, four times a month or whatever, people look forward to content, especially if it's Mm -hmm. good. And so you have to be consistent. It needs to be strategic to your message. And, um, I think it just needs to provide value and everything else can, can flow from that, whether it's a newsletter, a, a weekly email or what. Um, but yeah, I found a lot of good success with the postcards of just, uh, people, Because a lot of what I do, like Tip Tuesday on my Instagram, is more like tactical Mm -hmm. and that feeds the need of a lot of people. They just want to know like what to do. And I'll mix the topics up on marketing versus branding versus purpose. Whereas the postcards and purpose are like solely about mindset or Mm -hmm. uh, how to get out of your own way or how to create your purpose. They're like the softer things that inform the tactics. Mm. Uh, so I've done that intentionally, um, because I know my audience is interested in both and I know I can provide value in both of those ways.
0: Mm, definitely, that is that is so good. I think it's that uh, you want to also be intentional with your email content in general, and just like find that balance for what works for your brand. I think it was a really great point. It doesn't always have to be being very personal and very tactile. It can always be kind of a mixture of both, which I think you do so well. Yeah. Um, well, if people want to connect with you, learn more about your purpose, and all of those amazing things, um, give us the places where people can connect and learn more.
1: Well, I spend far too much time on Instagram, so you can definitely find me on the gram, as the kids say. Uh, It's so
0: bright and colorful. I love it.
1: Yes. If you like (laughs) colorful photos, come my way. I am at (laughs) Quinn.Tempest. And then my website is full of content to help people, A, Mm -hmm. uncover their purpose, but B, learn how to express that through their their digital brand. And so that's just quintempest.com. And then I would just encourage if anyone's interested in following more of this purpose work is to take my quiz. Mm-hmm. So I designed a 12 question quiz to help people uncover their entrepreneurial purpose. It won't tell you what your purpose is because only you can do that, but it will give you a result and it, you can use it as a tool to kind of reflect on the questions we were talking about earlier. Like what impact do mm-hmm. I want to make? Who do I want to serve? And why do I want to do all this. I think it's just a fun little tool and a lot of people seem to like it. So it's right on my website. You can take it in about three minutes.
0: Yes, definitely. We'll link that in the show notes because I took that quiz and it definitely really helped, really helped with all the purpose exercises we were doing. And I was like, wow, this does totally make sense. And it was really fun. So what did definitely you get? Oh, I forgot. I think it was, it had something to do with, um, with empowerment I feel I like. think
1: you got the leader
0: the leader yes the yeah. leader yes yes yes. I remember yeah, that that's
1: what I, I, I mean I can't take my own quiz because I'm <laughs> biased but I would have gotten that but yeah yes. there's eight there's eight different types of results you can I get I loved it and yeah the leader is a good one yeah <laughs> no. the leader
0: is the one I got um and then it was always, it was so fun to see how the community got all different ones and how y'all kind of resonated with it so definitely yeah. check out that quiz but thank you so much for joining me on the podcast I really yeah
1: thank fun. you thank you for having me
0: Thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us today. And to my listeners, I hope you found this episode helpful and insightful for building your online brand. If you want to connect with today's guest and check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked all the details in today's show notes. Also, please send us a message and say hi if you've listened and you have any thoughts or ideas you want to share. We are all ears and we are all open in the DMs on Instagram. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with us on Instagram by tagging at Soul Studio Marketing. And join in on the conversation at hashtag the Shine Online Podcast. Share this episode with a friend that needs to hear those mic drop moments. And be sure to subscribe so you know when the next episode is live and ready to flow through your earbuds. If you loved what you heard today, I would so appreciate it if you left us a review. It really supports us and it helps new people join the Sunshine family remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.